other thing I cannot recommend highly enough is going out to that tree or that river and taking that time for oneself and getting really honest. Like, what is it that my heart desires? Who am I and what am, what am I here for? And what's next for me? And trusting whatever thoughts, feelings, sensations come up, those are your wisdom. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotches marmette We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We can't believe it's already August. And Marnie and I hope that you have been enjoying your summer and have been able to relax and unwind and hopefully disconnect a bit from work to spend time with your family and friends. We are both so grateful to have taken some time off this summer to spend time with our family and friends. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, our jobs are always with us and it's easy to get into that habit of being on all the time and posting on social media. And while we absolutely love what we do, we also recognize the importance for each of us to take time off from our individual businesses and the podcast, because doing so really allows us to come back rejuvenated and energized to keep producing more amazing episodes to share with all of you. Today, we have a really powerful conversation to share with you that you're not going to want to miss. But before we dive into our episode, we have one quick reminder We're really excited to share our new podcast episode format that you may have heard. It's dropping monthly, and it's called A Health Transformation Audit, where we will be bringing you, our community members, onto our show for a 15-minute experience where we will guide you to identify what's holding you back from achieving your ideal health and wellness journey. During this episode, we will analyze with you so that you can walk away with a tangible action step to guide you on your journey to find your art of living well. As integrative health practitioners and health coaches, we love doing this kind of work, and we would absolutely love to have you on for your own 15-minute health transformation audit. So click the link in our show notes or email us at theartoflivingwellpodcast at gmail.com and let us know that you'd like to sign up for your very own health transformation audit experience. Given today's topic, we want to remind everyone that this podcast is for informational purposes only. We are not offering medical advice and we're not encouraging or condoning any type of activity that may be discussed today. Please consult with your own doctor or health professional before starting any new modality. And now let's welcome today's amazing guest, Allison Crossweight. Allison spent 15 years as a trader and researcher in capital markets. She then spent almost a decade as a psychotherapist in private practice. 
Her own healing journey called her beyond psychotherapy, and in 2020, she stepped away from her practice to become a guide. Now she holds space for full being transformation. She is an advocate for psychedelic healing facilitated with preparation, integration, and integrity. So today's topic is a brand new one for us, and you're going to get so much out of this conversation. We want you to enter this episode with just a very open mind and filled with curiosity. So in today's episode, you will learn about Allison's journey and why she stepped away from her professional licensing as a psychotherapist to pursue this career. You'll learn a brief history of psychedelic medicine, which we refer to as plant medicine. And you're going to really walk away learning the difference between microdosing and macrodosing and what it means to take these different types of medicinal mushrooms. Allison does a great job of explaining what these medicinal mushrooms do in our brain and how it opens up neural pathways in our brain and how they really help you get to the root of what's holding you back to actually make a change and move through it. There's lots of misconceptions about psychedelics, you know, and psilocybin in particular, which is the plant medicine that Allison works with. So you're going to learn all about what it is, what it isn't, and she'll talk about who's an ideal candidate and who's not. Plant-based medicine is getting a lot of attention in the press, as you may have seen in recent articles and Michael Pollan's new documentary. And Allison goes deep into the broader implications and why she believes that psilocybin and other plant-based forms of medicine is surfacing right now, given all the broader issues that our world is facing right now. So if you are intrigued by this conversation, we highly recommend that you check out lots of Allison's resources that are out there on her website, which are all linked in the show notes. She has tons of free resources. I've actually participated in several of her free sessions and events that she's offered, including a wonderful meditation And she recently offered um, a free five-day course on microdosing just to learn more about it. Definitely follow her on Instagram and LinkedIn where she is very active. And without further ado, let's jump right into our conversation with Allison Crossway. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Shield Your Body. Shield Your Body is a company that makes products to shield your body against electromagnetic frequency or EMF radiation from modern technology. Did you know that all modern technology is a source of EMF radiation? Cell phones, laptops, Wi-Fi, even your refrigerator is a source of EMF radiation. And each year, we are exposed to more and more EMFs. There are literally thousands of high-quality, peer-reviewed scientific studies demonstrating clear links between exposure to EMF radiation and a wide range of negative health effects, from anxiety and infertility to sleep disruption and cancer. Fortunately, there are easy ways that you can reduce your EMF exposure right now that cost you absolutely nothing. After reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I stopped using my AirPods, something I used daily for hours sometimes, and have switched back to the old school wired headphones. And for me, after reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I really put my foot down and insisted that my kids keep their cell phones and their laptops out of their bedrooms at night while they were sleeping. And I've been working on Jordan as well. And I think after reading the guide and listening to our podcast, he has finally agreed to do that. 
So download your copy of a free guide at shieldyourbody.com to start improving your health right now. And be sure to check out our episode number 123 with R. Blank, CEO of Shield Your Body. Hi, Allison. We are both so excited to have you on our show today. Um, it was back in January when you and I met during the Launch Lab Academy that we're doing, um, the, our business coaching program that we're doing with Deb Boulanger. And I became so curious about microdosing as I had very little knowledge of it at that point in time. And then I remember the day that you presented your business and all your research findings with the group. And I started private messaging you on Zoom. And I just knew you had to come on our show to share how you're helping people completely transform their lives. And this is a topic that we have not broached on the Art of Living Well podcast before. So we know this conversation is going to be really eye-opening for our listeners. So everyone has a story and we would love for you to share your journey in a nutshell of how you went from being a financial trader to a psychotherapist, and then most recently becoming a transformational guide who helps your clients create psychedelic healing through a guided process and journey. Wow. Well, it's so exciting to be here, Stephanie and Marnie. Um, I love the conversation we had to prepare for this, and I'm really excited to share microdosing with your audience. It's been so powerful in my life. You know, life is a journey, and it's pretty. it can be pretty unexpected. And certainly, I had an idea of how it should go and what made for a successful life. And I pursued it pretty hard. And I became a financial trader. Money was really good. People around me would say, oh, you've done so well for yourself. And yeah, at a level I had, and the work was exciting. And I was extremely stressed out. Uh, Things that people would say, and as you can imagine, in the financial markets, people aren't always kind. Uh, Things that people would say would just pierce me to my soul. And I had really zero self-esteem, which I compensated for by being loud and aggressive. And uh, it was not it was not a good way to be. I drank way too much. And the, the dichotomy between the approval I was getting for this lifestyle from all the people around me and my inner experience got bigger and bigger. And I set out to work with a psychotherapist to try to help me put some of these pieces together and feel better. And she was the first person who ever listened to me. She actually wanted to understand how I saw things. And this is for those of you who've ever had a good psychotherapist, this is the absolute magic of psychotherapy. And I became enthralled at the power of being understood, not told, think this way, do this, but actually like how, how Allison are you putting together the world? Like you think this, but you're doing this. That's interesting. Why? And over time, my life began to change because I started to ground in how I actually felt and what I actually wanted. And I went back to school to be a therapist. And this started a very powerful journey, but it didn't end with psychotherapy. And I lost a pregnancy at 20 weeks and it was absolutely devastating. And at that point, psychotherapy just didn't do it for me. And 
it had gotten me a long way, but the heartbreak and the grief was beyond talking about it. I was very, very angry and, and hopeless and all the sort of early things that I hadn't figured out in my life were coming up and how I was grieving. And I was drawn to a plant called ayahuasca. And ayahuasca is the traditional medicine served in Peru in the Shipibo tradition, delivered in sacred ceremony. And I just knew intuitively that this was my next step. And I went and I did my first ceremony. And all of a sudden, my life force just clicked. And it was like I turned on in every sense of the word. And this was the spark that really started to change my life. I did ceremony after ceremony and combined it with intense somatic psychotherapy. And bit by bit, it all completely changed. And no longer was I trying to live that life that I thought I should live. I was living my life. And that's how I came to psychedelic medicine and how I started on the path of figuring out what can I bring to the world that people can um, benefit from in this field. That's such a powerful story. And I'm wondering, I'm guessing a lot of our listeners have never even heard the word ayahuasca. And can you just, I know this is going off tangent, but very, very briefly, just tell us what that is and what a ritual in Peru would look like. Absolutely. So ayahuasca is a vine and a root that are boiled together in a traditional way over a lot of time. And it becomes like a, the best way I can say it is it's like molasses, but it tastes way worse than molasses. I can't (laughs) tell you. And they serve it. So you go into a room called a maloca and it's served in shamanic ceremony in lineage. This is not something that we just I don't serve it. This is not something to be done lightly. You're in a circle. It's at night. Everybody takes their little bit. And then the shamans begin to sing. And they sing these chants that work with the energy of the medicine. And the medicine is known as grandmother ayahuasca. People have very different experiences, but many people purge. So they're throwing up for a good portion of the night, releasing things, energetic, emotional, physical, that they no longer need. It's a very, very strong and intense medicine. And you end maybe at two or three in the morning. Okay, thank you. It's not for everybody. Sounds intense. It's not at all what I was expecting you to say. So thank you for clarifying that. (laughs) No problem. I've never heard that described. Um, Will Smith actually writes about his experience doing this in his new memoir. Ooh, I didn't know Uh, that. Yeah. Yep. Um, Anyway, so I know that, you know, this topic overall is very new to our listeners. And I'm wondering if before we dive into like how the microdosing works and how it can transform people's lives, if you can just give us a little bit of a brief history of psychedelics and what microdosing is. Yeah, sure. So that's a big question. What is I, most? I mean, it doesn't have to be the whole history of psychedelics. That's a huge topic, but just like yeah. a little piece of it. Yeah, sure. So I talked about ayahuasca. I work with 
mushrooms. So what we're talking about when I'm speaking about psychedelic mushrooms, psychedelic medicine is I'm talking about plants. Another word is plant medicine. There are other categories of psychedelics. You may have heard of things like LSD, MDMA. That is not what I am talking about, nor is it what I work with. And I think it's a fairly important distinction. Um, So plant medicine can give you in a full dose, like an ayahuasca or even a full dose mushrooms. I'm sure many people have in their 20s or know people who have when they're younger do these full doses. It's an immersive experience. And it has been done for thousands of years for healing, for connection to spirituality. And it's also been done in destructive and unsafe ways. So we have a mixed set of messages about about it. What microdosing is, is I've spoken about some very intense things. Microdosing is like a little micro amount of these medicines that's sub-perceptual. You're not feeling high. You're completely lucid and able to do your work. It's just a little bit of a nudge in the direction of what the full dose is. And it's become very popular as a way of working with these medicines for people who don't aren't interested in that kind of immersive intensity because it's not for everyone. And I, ha- I also do believe, and we can talk about this, that microdosing is in a way more powerful um, because it is more of an ongoing practice rather than a one-time experience. I have so many questions. I know. <laughs> yeah. My mind is so, spinning. You know, and maybe it's just some of this, like get some of this sort of baseline stuff out right away so we can dive into it a little bit further. So when you say microdosing, you know, how often does someone take this and what does, are they taking like an actual mushroom or, you know, maybe walk us through, walk our listeners through like how the mushroom ends up in the capsule and yeah, I mean, can, can you take it and then go drive a car after? Or you said you're completely lucid. So it sounds like you can conduct normal life just like you would if you were taking a different sort of pharmaceutical. Yeah, absolutely. So mushroom grown in the ground, dried, ground, put into capsule. If you've ever taken chaga, lion's mane, reishi, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah, okay. Um, and I took it this morning. Yeah. There you go, right? They're absolutely wonderful medicines. And these are on those the spectrum of that. And you you absolutely can drive. I usually recommend that the first time you take it, that you don't have big responsibilities, like that you're not driving, taking care of small children, working in a spreadsheet, those types of things. Like have a day with a little bit of space in it just to see. And the way that I suggest people work with them is to take an eight-week period. And this is a very common suggestion. It's not just me. Take an eight-week period and take the capsule twice a week and see, see how it feels for you. And you do it with an intention and you ride out the eight weeks and then you take a couple weeks break and you see where you're at. And we can talk more about that but that's the most common way to structure it to begin and when you take a capsule how long do the effects of it last yeah that's interesting people have different experiences 
um, usually you'll feel the most and you're not really, if we've got the dose right, you're not feeling a ton, but you'll feel the most in the first six to eight hours. Oh, it's long. Okay. You are not though feeling high. What you're, people have many different experiences and I have a whole theory on this. Think of it like this. It's like, there's a little elf that's like boosting you along. It's not a stimulant. I, you know that moment when something happens and you have a choice whether to get pissed off. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Take a yeah, moment. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you, you have a choice whether to get pissed off or to just be a little more zen. And if you didn't get sleep and you've already had one annoying thing happen, you might go rawr. And if you've had your yoga class and... Yeah, you might be like, okay, it's okay. So the microdosing slows down that choice point. It expands the range of possibilities. This is a very common way of describing it. Um, everybody describes it differently. That's an important caveat. But it just slows it down and expands the range so you can go, oh, I see that my partner's really trying. And it's like, where did that come from? It's just that little boost. You're not actually feeling woozy or strange or anything like that. So no one would even know necessarily that you were doing that. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, agreed. Partners usually say yeah. this. They say, keep doing whatever you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Just keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, I think my husband would know in a from a positive standpoint, like, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, she didn't, she didn't lose her shit. And all this happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my so, gosh. So, and there's no addictive properties to this. Is that accurate? There's no physiologically addictive properties. Everything can become mentally, logically and mentally yeah. addictive. That's one of the reasons why I talk about the eight weeks. I talk about intention. We do all, all kinds of work in the work that I do to work with the medicine, because this is not the type of thing where you go, I'm stressed. I want to take mushrooms. That's not the way that I microdose. Interesting. And is this, and I will get into your program and other things later on in the conversation, but you mentioned this eight weeks. Do people typically do the eight weeks? You said, take a break for two weeks. Is it an ongoing? Like, do you find that most people need to do a little bit of microdosing for maintenance, if you will? Or no, everybody has a different journey. Everybody okay. really does. And um, people use it very, very differently. And they use the term microdosing very, very differently. Uh, I'm really clear that microdosing, even though it gets compared to pharmaceuticals, it's a, it operates completely differently. It works to help you actually make a change to get at the root of what's happening and move through it. So then what you do on the other side is totally for you. And at this point in my life, I'm doing, I'm working with various medicines at various times, more for research than anything to expand my offerings to people, but I, I don't microdose. Like it, it, it's not something where you have to always be doing it. It's, you know, you get the change and then you choose what, what you do next. Which is so nice to hear actually, that it's not something that you have to do all the time. Um, and that you're having this transformational experience. And I loved how you were talking about 
just move, you're moving through it and you're getting to the root of whatever it is that's holding you back from truly becoming who you were meant to be, right? Okay. So I have two questions that I'm just trying to wrap my arms around, like when you would do this or who. Person A, depressed, um, if they start microdosing, will they start to, will it create, you know, I've heard that like psilocybin can create a chemical change in your brain where you would maybe see things in a different way. Have you seen that happen with a depressed person? That's my first question. And then totally different kind of person, person B, um, wants more creativity or something and is looking to like, I don't know, have their creative juices flowing more. I'm just totally saying this on the fly. Mm -hmm. Would they have, a, you know, doing the same kind of program, microdosing, have their own experience that would help them with whatever they were trying to achieve? Does that make sense? Totally. And I love this question because this is the magic of these, these medicines is they meet us right where we are right where we are. So you're talking about two different energy structures, very different things they're trying to address, probably get a different supplement regime from, or a different nutrition plan or something. A therapist would work with these two people very differently. The mushrooms will help both people. Um, one of the key things that psilocybin does is it opens up those neural networks. It increases the neuroplasticity in the brain. So we all have patterns. We talked about the thing that pisses us off. Well, we have a pattern and it doesn't take much for our patterns to get going. We hear a ding on our phone and we have a feeling like we're, we're just like conditioned machines like Pavlov's dogs. And the, the psilocybin relaxes those patterns. So then you are seeing more so whether it is that you want more creativity and you want to have new ideas or whether it is that you're in a pattern of thinking and feeling about yourself in depression, in both cases, your patterns, your normal self is going to be less rigid and you're going to have more potential to think and feel and see and express new things. So it really does meet us where, wherever the energy structure is. And I'll add to that, for some people, they need, say, a physical kind of experience to get them into their bodies. And some people, for example, need to get um, emotions flowing. People have different experiences. Some people will say, oh, I just like felt really relaxed. Other people have tons of ideas. Some people will cry. All these experiences are good and exactly right. And they're all fluid and moving. Wow. That's so cool. It's just like, it's one plant, but it's like you said, meeting the individual where they're at. And it's like a tailor, tailor experience yes. for them. So can you talk a little, you mentioned these neuro pathways and neuro networks. Can you just for our listeners, I, that's not something mm -hmm. that we've talked about on this show, just got very high level so that they understand what you're referring to. Because I think that's important. And when you talk about the triggers and the patterns that we all have, and those are some of those, you know, good. some patterns are good and some are not so good, right? So can totally. you dive into that just a little bit? 
Sure. So the simplest example is Pavlov's dogs, because most of us learn this in school. The scientist who feeds the dog and rings a bell at the same time. And then after a couple times, and with my dog, it would not take very long. Um, all you have to do is ring the bell and the dog starts to drool and expect dinner. So we have all these patterns, like we smell the spring air. It means something different to us. We smell the fall air. We feel back to school. We like all of our senses create patterns for us. Our partner moves in the slightest little bit like this. And all of a sudden we have a full story pattern about what's about to happen. Right. So it's everywhere. And this is, we're like very automatic in many ways, physiologically. And this is what psilocybin helps us change. And this is what therapy, nutrition, you know, this is what yoga, all these things are working to help us soothe the nervous system and open these patterns. Psilocybin just does it at a very extra level. That was really helpful. Thank you. Welcome. So what are the biggest misconceptions about microdosing? And you touched on it earlier. You mentioned it's not LSD. Um, but just, you know, we're obviously talking about this in a very medicinal healing way versus more recreation, you know, because yeah. it's starting to come out there more. Just, you know, first we had legalization of marijuana in many states. Right. And now it seems like this is maybe the next thing. Yeah. Okay, so one thing, we talked about not being high, that's big. Not being able to drive, that's big. Another thing that people often say to me is, oh, I don't take drugs, I don't even like Tylenol. Okay, so this is, it's not a drug, it is an herbal medicine. I'm not saying it should be taken by everyone in every circumstance, absolutely not. And we can talk about contraindications and it's a very personal discernment process, but it's not a pharmaceutical and it's not, um, it's not a symptom relief situation. It's, we've been so taught, I don't feel good. I'm going to take a drug, so to speak. And then we go, oh, I don't want to take that drug. This is like having a chamomile tea or a lion's mane mushroom. This is on that spectrum of healing, natural healing that, that has been carried for thousands of years. And I think that's the big misconception that I want people to understand. Can I and, ask you a question yeah. about that? What I don't understand is if if this is, you know, plant medicine and a natural herbal remedy, why is it illegal versus like a pharmaceutical drug that has so many side effects and can really mess with your brain and all these things? And it's perfectly legal if it's coming from a doctor. Yeah. This is a very good question. And I would also ask, why is marijuana and alcohol legal when this substance is not? It's very, very, very interesting questions. And I can theorize, um, I'm not an expert in the history of the war on drugs and criminalization, but what I have learned is pretty horrifying um, in terms of traditional cultures, in terms of racism, and in terms of the power that these medicines, even something like LSD in the 60s, started to bring out in the culture, um, they definitely don't support the type of um, muting. And this is my personal opinion, but um, alcohol to me, even though I enjoy wine from time to time, um, is a spirit killer. 
and we are perfect. And marijuana, while it has a lot of very important healing properties and it is a master plant, I honor it. It is not well used, kind of like tobacco, also a master plant, not well used in our culture. And it ends up hurting us very badly. Another life force killer, marijuana. Um, and I think that uh, our culture is much more accepting of life force killers than life force givers. And we're in the process of uh, a big change in our society. And that's my belief as to why we're in this third wave of psychedelics, why they're coming up now alongside female empowerment, alongside um equity, inclusion, diversity, all, alongside gender and all the questions, I mean, all the things, right? And we're recording today on a very poignant day when um, Roe versus Wade was just um, taken down. I can barely say it. So um, this is all part of the mix, in my opinion. I have the chills right now. I, so do I. Like, I, I never thought about how deep this topic actually is the way you're describing it. And I, you know, have thought about mushrooms, like, you know, from a environmental standpoint, I've seen their benefits and how they can help the earth and all their networks underground. And I'm starting to realize that there's so much to learn about these little guys and yes. what, what they can do in the world. It's, it's amazing to me, actually. It is amazing. And, and this is why I'm so glad we got to this place in the conversation. This is why I'm willing to step away from my professional licensing and talk about something that's gray and edgy. And like, people are like, I don't do drugs. Like, no, there's so much more. This is so important. So and clearly, and what you just said, like, but we need this right now. And that's why it's kind of surfacing at this time, given all the global issues, social issues, really, that we're facing. Um, And I just, I think it's important to say again, like, this is plant medicine. We are not talking about someone going out to a party and doing mushrooms in an unsafe way, right? That's right. That's right. So diving into a little bit more about these benefits, you know, and you talked a little bit about the neural pathways and how this the mushrooms open up the pathways and allow you to shift. And you mentioned early on intention setting. I know that's something that's really important because um, there is an intention when you're doing this. You're not doing it in a microdosing environment. You're not doing it just for a high, like you said. So can you talk about how it will microdosing can help us manifest what we're longing to achieve? And like you said, release like the anger that you talked about that you had and some of these programs that you had, and maybe it's traumas from younger or from your childhood. Can we dive into that a bit? Absolutely. So we set an intention and people's intentions vary, you know, going through a divorce and wanting to turn wounds into wisdom was one client, like really going through it with grace Um, Some people want to build their business in a way that feels really aligned for for them. Some people want um, consistent self-esteem. They find themselves dropping into black holes and triggers that they don't really think they want. Those are some examples. So you set an intention for what it is that, that you're wanting and you begin the microdosing. 
And this is the hero's journey. And this, this happens when we start therapy, when we start any type of training that we do. We don't always see it this way, but it is how it works. You sign up, you set your intention, and then the obstacles. And I'm sure you see this with your clients. Then the obstacles, the buyer's remorse, the, the fear, the something happens and takes you away from what you were intending to do. This is the dragon. Like this is what you're here to address. And when we microdose, the, the mushrooms are generous. They love us very much. And they bring up this thing appears and you have lots of thoughts and feelings about it. And this is why doing it guided is really, really valuable because someone like me, I'm so used to the mushroom energy. I know when it's coming. I can almost say what's coming. <laughs> and instead of going, oh my gosh, we're way off track here. I can reframe and say, oh, this is exactly what you wanted. You wanted to have a new connection to yourself and your ex is testing your boundaries. So this is the perfect opportunity for us to do the work. And because you can feel more through the microdosing, because you can see more possibilities, you might be able to see more and understand more about your ex, your kids, like all the things, you have the chance to make some shifts. And there's lots of ways of working with those shifts. And this is what's really juicy and exciting. You become like this ball of potential for change and anything can happen. Anything can happen. So let's say, you know, we're thinking about doing this. What are, who, who is an ideal candidate in terms of, you know, health? Like, are there certain people that shouldn't do this because they're, I don't know. Who's a good candidate? Who's not a good candidate? Is there an age limit? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe start there. Great. Yeah. So I don't recommend it under 18. I, I think when we're talking about brains changing, I think children should be working with these medicines. The ideal person in my view is somebody who's already doing some healing work on themselves. So they already have some awareness, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, or a combination of their challenges in the world. And they're, they know that they're creating some of them themselves and they're working this. And so this might be someone who's been in therapy, done yoga, worked with you two, done work on stress, energy healing, anything that kind of enlightens them as to the process that they're in. Because everything that you already understand about your health and your evolution and your emotions and your psychology is going to be amplified by the mushrooms. This is not your first stop in the personal growth journey, for sure. Um, the other contraindication, there's a couple more if you should always, if you're on medications, be talking to your healthcare team, both alternative and allopathic. And if you have a diagnosis on the schizoaffective spectrum, so the bipolars, the schizophrenia, any of those, I think that you should have very, very close medical supervision. 
we can talk a lot about what is reality and all these things, but in terms of functioning, these medications open you up to more possibilities. So if you're already struggling with what we call reality, and I really do say what we call it, but if you're already struggling with that on a day-to-day basis, these medicines might not be supportive. But those are the main um, contraindications. Oh, and pregnancy and breastfeeding are a contraindication. I should say that. So I'm picturing, okay, here I am. I'm going to see my internist. Oh, by the way, I'm going to start taking some plant medicine mushrooms. What do you think about that? I mean, they're going to say no way. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, but they are. Like, I I just, I'm married to a doctor. I, I can't imagine the typical MD is going to be like, okay, no problem. Well, surprisingly, they are changing. I've been really, really impressed um, with how many people have had positive responses from their doctors, or at least neutral, because they can't really be positive most of the time. And you're right. They may say this, and this, this is really like when I talk about going on the journey and meeting the dragon, before you ever ingest a mushroom, you're already working your intention when you have this conversation with your doctor and they say no. So already here's a question of personal empowerment and discernment. Yes. Are we going to give it all away? I don't know. And I totally agree with you. And Stephanie and I run into this in our business with our liver Mm -hmm. detox and some of our programs, which is a legal, and I'm not saying that these are not legal, but I'm just saying it's like a more mainstream kind of thing to do a detox, right? And we still get people saying, oh, my doctor said I can't do it. There are like, doctors that will say, that won't give an opinion on a probiotic. Like, oh, I don't right. know if that, that's going to do anything. Right. And I mean, well, you don't. You shouldn't take magnesium. It's not it's good for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I t- I agree with you. People need to empower themselves. But on the other hand, we also don't want people to like like you said, if you're bipolar or if there's some sort of something else going on, we would hate to have them. You know embark on this experience and not have it be what it should be. And I think that it's a process of discernment. And this is Mm -hmm. something we've kind of lost a bit. Um, And I love that you bring up the liver detox. Like that's not right for everyone either. Like we have to take our time. And I have a little audio journey. I send people um, where you go and you meet the mushroom and you ask it what you should do. Because, or, or breathe, put your hand on the tree and just feel. And all you need to know is what's next. You don't need to know, oh, I'm going to microdose. You just need to know, I need to keep thinking about this. Or this is a no for me. And just taking the discernment. And then, you know, you're listening to this podcast and you've got you two and you've got me and there's other people you can talk to and get views. And bit by bit, I I certainly earlier in my healing journey would just take whatever my therapist said and be like, oh, well, I'm bad if I don't do it. But that's not the truth. The truth is that we have to take all the pieces of the puzzle and then make our own choice. And my Western doctor is one of those pieces of the puzzle. And perhaps my spiritual teacher is one. And we just take them in. But ultimately, we we know. And there's no rush. I love what you just said, Allison. And we, Marnie and I talk a lot about this, like you're grounding and you're taking time to be quiet and present in your own thoughts. 
considering the thoughts from your guides, leaders, teachers, medical advisors, and then you're tapping into your intuition. That's right. Right? Yeah. So it's, it really brings together a lot of what we've talked about on this podcast many times and just introduces a new, a new healer, a new healing modality. That's what it is. That we That's haven't right. discussed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I've, like you said, I've done, I feel like I'm an ideal candidate for this because I've done all the things. I keep doing all the, the different healing modalities and um, it's just, it's the, and everyone you learn from, every experience you have continues to move you forward on that journey, whatever it is, whatever your journey is. Um, okay, let's pivot a little bit and talk about how you specifically work with clients and the group that you have expand an eight-week microdosing experience where you really support and guide individuals on their microdosing journey. Sure, yeah. It's exactly the journey I described. You can join anytime. And when you join, you enter a field of people who are working with the medicine. So you'll have people who started a couple weeks ago and people who are eight weeks in and just finishing deciding what they're going to do next. And we're all learning and growing together. And I can talk about the specifics. You know, there's a dripped out curriculum and weekly calls and a really juicy telegram group. And you're just supported in that journey because we do not know if you, if, if we knew how to realize our intention, we would do it. So we're going into the unknown and the, the juicy part that I love is like the mushrooms support us. And every person takes this brave step. They're always nervous and they have a million questions, right? Like a million questions in their first week. And then they start and it's like, Oh, I see. But it requires a step into the unknown. So that's really what the group is about, is about supporting each other into this step and celebrating when we get to the other side. So what is, you know, you said it's an eight-week commitment. Like, what does that actual commitment look like? Like, obviously, you have you get the mushrooms, you, they show up at your door, whatever. Okay. You're taking them in a capsule, it sounds like could yeah. take a number of hours before you feel anything. Are you reading materials that are hours worth of materials? Are you just jumping on a call? Are you in a group? Like, can you explain like what the actual commitment looks sure. and feels like? Sure. So there's online modules that are quite short. Like I would say maximum 30 minutes of content, maximum. And they tell you all the practicalities of when to dose and how to set your intention. And then as you get in, how to work with emotions and like all, everything you want to know is there in quite efficient, succinct language. So you don't have to spend hours. It's designed for all the different personality types, right? Because some people like to study and some don't. And then we have a weekly call and a group chat. And that's where you come and whatever you're dealing with, whether it's a question about your dose or a trigger or a dream you had, whatever your experience, we hold it and we work with it and you have a chance to process it with the group. And everybody's process contributes to everybody else's. It's kind of magic. So all you're really committing to is the eight-week container of the dosing and weekly calls 
it's actually 10 weeks because I give you a week at the beginning to get the meds and get set up. And then a week at the end to integrate. And you can put as much or as little in as you want. There's a ton of tools. I'll give you a ton more if you want. So some people like to like go all the way. And some people are like, I'm just floating. This is good. I'm learning and growing. So everybody does it in their own way. Okay. That's super helpful. And do people, um, like skip weeks, like let's say they're going on vacation or something and then, you know, they come back for week four, they stop the dosing or is it the kind of thing where you have to consistently do it a certain number of days for eight weeks? It's nice to do it in the eight week container, but virtually everybody takes breaks because you're not, you generally don't fly with the medication depending on where you live. Um, so you take breaks. Um, I have a woman or actually two women who are trying to get pregnant. So they like to only do it in the first half of the month. You know, there's different things that, that come up, um, and you definitely can take breaks for sure. Everybody, I trust everybody's journey. I just trust it. And we work with what comes up. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, could would you share an example, Allison, of someone who's gone through your program or maybe someone who's currently going through it and how incorporating the microdosing experience has transformed their life in some way? Oh, sure. Um, so someone who just finished and actually she's doing another cycle now one-on-one with me because she had such a great experience. She um, is an entrepreneur in the operations field. So very analytical and has always been a seeker always sort of volunteering and studying in spiritual realms, but her work is very much like the operations of online business and really, really good at it, has worked for some really big names. And what she wanted was to have that experience of peace and unity that she kind of heard about, but she was getting like so much rumination all the time, like thinking, 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 and she just couldn't rest. In fact, she had trouble even doing her meditation during the pandemic. And she started working with the medicine and two weeks in, she went to a conference operations again. um, And they asked them at the beginning of the conference, how present are you this morning? And she wrote in her little book, she's like, I'm a 10. And she was like, she said later in the group chat, she said, I literally was a 10. There was nothing else that, I had to do, but be present at that conference that day. And she said, Alison, is this a thing? Like, do people actually work like this? (laughs) (laughs) She'd never had this experience before. That's so cool. It's amazing. That's very cool. So I know that you've given us a ton of information about microdosing and how this all works, but what would you say, what would you suggest to someone who's, taking in everything you're saying and thinking about maybe dipping their toe in or what would the next step be if they're not ready to, let's say, jump into an eight-week program? What kinds of tips or strategies would you suggest for a person wanting more information? Yeah. So my suggestion is twofold. One is there's some really good information out there. I have a guide to knowing if microdosing is right for you. It's on a website called expandwithmicrodosing.com. 
And there's also lots of other people doing work in this field. And you can get to know what they suggest and just feeling into it by reading and watching videos and listening to podcasts. You'll start to get it just like anything else. You'll start to feel into it. And I cannot recommend highly enough is going out to that tree or that river and taking that time for oneself and getting really honest. Like, what is it that my heart desires? Who am I and what am, what am I here for? And what's next for me? And trusting whatever thoughts, feelings, sensations come up, those are your wisdom. It may be, and I experience this often, that just considering working with this medicine is the medicine a person needs right now. It is the expansion um, of thinking, oh, maybe more is possible. I'm going to go over here. So just really trusting your journey and going towards what your heart calls you towards is, I think, the way to go. I love that. Yeah, it's a great way for people to dip their toe in. Absolutely. And I love how you said just thinking about microdosing and doing a little bit of reading could be the medicine that you need and asking yourself these very powerful questions. Who am I? What is it that my heart desires? Wow. And um, I, so where can people find you? You just mentioned your website, expandmicrodosing.com, but where else do you hang out on social media? How can people get more information? Sure. Yeah. Expandwithmicrodosing.com is really good because um, it gets you in my world. Uh, Instagram, Alison Crossweight, And I'm very active on LinkedIn as well because I like the intelligence of the discourse there. And I think it's really important when we're talking about these topics to, to really dive in and think this isn't just about a picture on Instagram, although I'm there. This is about like, let's look at the articles. Let's have a conversation. So to me, LinkedIn is a very good platform for this type of research. And there's some great people in psychedelics on LinkedIn. Okay, that's great. As we wrap up this conversation. One question we like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? Yeah, I love this question. I think the art of living well for me is having flow in all my aspects, which means sometimes I'm play and my little girl can come out and then there's a tear and then there's excitement And I'm in touch with my sexuality and like, they're just not a box saying right now you are recording a podcast. So you won't be serious. Like to me, it's like whatever trusting whatever happens in the moment and being with other people who welcome that and do it themselves. And we just live and that's living well. Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. beautiful. Yes. Just very real. Um, thank you so much for coming on our show today. It's been amazing. We know our listeners are going to be just like in awe with all the information, this, this new information, a new way of thinking. I think that's even more than the mushrooms themselves. It's this new way of thinking and the possibilities that are out there. And everyone should go hug a tree or spend some time outside as soon as they 
soon as they're done listening to this. So maybe they're already outside right now. So, and even thinking yeah. about that process of discernment, I think that's something that's, if anybody gets anything out of this podcast, I hope you get that. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been such a joy. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the work that you're doing, bringing so much great health information to your listeners. It's so valuable. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.